Welcome back to the show, everybody. If you hear anything in the background, it's just cicadas going crazy right now. But uh, yeah, for this episode, I have two movie reviews for you. First one will be The Invitation, 2022 film, starring, uh, and hopefully I'm saying her name right, Nathalie Emanuel, who was on Game of Thrones. Uh, so yeah, definitely excited to talk about that film. And then I'm also going to be talking about Breaking, starring John Boyega, which is a bit of a bank heist film. And from the trailers alone, it looks really good. Uh, that is the only one I have not watched as of recording this intro, but yeah, definitely excited to talk about that one as well. And uh, those are the only two reviews I have for this episode. As for the next episode, I will be reviewing episode three of She-Hulk and then the Spider-Man No Way Home uh, More Fun Edition, I believe it's called, which uh, it's a re-released theatrical version of Spider-Man No Way Home with some added scenes in there, so definitely excited to watch that. I will be watching that tomorrow as of recording this, but uh, this episode won't come out for a little bit yet. But yeah, those are the reviews I have for today, The Invitation and Breaking. Before I get into any of them, I would like to thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash podcast. You can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases. And you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hopefully you guys can hear me all right. Uh, for those of you who are not new to the channel and to the podcast, you know that sometimes I record outside when I'm in between movies, and that is the case right now. I just watched The Invitation, and at about 9.45, I'm going to be seeing Breaking, starring John Boyega, which I am very much excited for. But yeah, most of the time on Thursdays, I'm seeing two movies in one day, sometimes a Friday. It really depends on what my schedule is, but... Yeah, I'm outside right now. Hopefully the uh, sounds from the highway aren't too loud or the birds or whatever it might be. The highway is literally right there, which is unfortunate, but hey, it is what it is. And uh, let's talk about The Invitation 2022. Now, uh, this is a PG-13 film, which honestly I didn't know going into it. I just kind of assumed already it was gonna be rated R. And uh, even throughout the film, I was like, yeah, this is just, you know, the kind of lackluster rated R film. By the end of the film, literally like a few minutes ago, I looked it up and I'm like, oh no, this is PG-13. And I can kind of see why, because in parts it seems like they try to, I don't know, kind of uh, not dumb it down, but like just simplify it a little bit more, show you a little bit less. There's definitely blood in the film that you can see, but I mean, they don't go too heavy on it. And I don't know if that really 
hurts the film or helps the film. I don't, I don't really know if it, um, wow, there's a lot of bugs flying around right now. Um, yeah, I really don't know if it hurts the film at all, a whole lot. I, I don't think that's necessarily the thing that held me back from this film, but, uh, you know, I, I think it would have probably been a little bit better with the, uh, the horror and the gore if it was a rated R film. Uh, you know, that's kind of the case most of the time when the, you get like a PG-13 kind of horror flick. Uh, but let me give you the synopsis here. A young woman is courted and swept off her feet only to realize a gothic conspiracy is afoot. Um, yeah, so there is a big twist to this film. If you watch the trailer as many times as I have because I've had to sit through it so many times being in the theater, then you start to catch up on things and things start to become incredibly obvious. Maybe just for me, it took me more than a few viewings of that trailer to realize what was going on. For other people, you know, maybe it was a quick thing. They're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what the twist is gonna be here. Or maybe you don't even really know it's supposed to be the twist because it really isn't supposed to be the twist. Uh, they're just really bad at marketing the movie, I guess, because there's been plenty of movies before that have done that, you know, give away pretty much the whole film in the trailer. And uh, this movie definitely kind of does that. So little, little disappointing there, but yeah. I mean, from the trailer and the, the logo alone, and I, like, if you guys look into it even a little bit, you'll probably, probably figure out what kind of movie this is. You're gonna figure out, like I said, exactly what kind of movie it is if you look into it. If you look at the logo of the film, if you watch the trailer a couple times, you're gonna realize, and I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, it's a vampire movie. I mean, literally the eye in the logo has a little thing and like in the trailers, you know, there's just so many different clues in the trailers where it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely vampires. And, um, I was watching the movie just knowing the entire time that it was. The trailer gave way too much away. So hopefully I didn't disappoint anybody by spoiling it here. But as I said, the trailer completely gives it all away. Maybe not completely, but for the most part. Um, so yeah, hopefully there's no disappointment there. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to be missing out on a whole lot with this film. Uh, they did have setups for a sequel. So maybe we'll see another one of these, you know, films in this franchise at some point. But um I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was just a one and done deal uh it, it came out last week i was catching up on movies this week and there was not a single soul in the theater in fact a few people came in for a little bit just randomly like not even halfway through the movie probably realized they were in the wrong movie and then left um so yeah nobody was watching this movie today it is a thursday it was around like 5:45, i think is when the movie started so people are still getting out of work i get it but i don't know how well this film is doing um well let me stop rambling the director here is jessica m thompson written by blair butler and the cast is and i hope i'm saying this right it's either uh nathalie or natalie and it's just like silent h uh but i'm gonna go with nathalie Emanuel as evie she was on game of thrones i cannot remember her character's name on there but uh i do remember liking her in that kind of like the kind of like the second-hand gal to uh Daen Daenerys Targaryen from what I remember but yeah um by the way I will be watching that that new Game of Thrones show at some point um but yeah we have Thomas Daughtry is that how you say it as Walter um kind of the love interest in this film definitely a very handsome man first time I saw him I was like god damn um I was like this this is like Twilight but if it was like a little more mature and a lot more like I don't know a lot more just of 
them being attracted to each other like uh what's the word i'm looking for um seduce like a, a more seducing version of twilight if such a thing is real um pretty much the whole movie is just it's it's a really slow film i'll tell you that much the last 10 minutes are the the biggest amount of action that you'll get in this movie the most amount of excitement that you'll get from it at least for me um yeah i mean it goes really slow it's all about like you know uh evie learning that she has this cousin played by let me see here uh hugh skinner who plays oliver finds out that she has a cousin through this dna testing thing and um yeah, basically, he's like, hey, we have this huge wedding over in uh, London, England. You should come. She goes over there, meets Walter and all that. Um, and throughout the course of the film, she starts to realize more and more that things aren't right. And then, you know, pretty much by the last 20 minutes, she completely figures out what's going on. And it's just craziness ensues from there. But, yeah, um, I don't know. It's not a super long movie. It's like an hour and 45 minutes or something like that. And I don't think it had any business being as slow as it was in the beginning. I mean, I get it. You're setting things up with her and like her whole backstory and trying to set up little clues of the backstory of the family that she's with and, you know, the other, the people of the wedding that, that she's going to the wedding for. But um, I don't know. It's, it's a really slow moving film and I'm fine with slow moving films. I'm fine with a film like this being slower moving and build, building things up, but I don't know. It, it didn't feel like it built things up properly. I mean, there was a whole thing in here where every time she saw blood, she pretty much fainted and they didn't really set that up with their character. It would have been like an interesting thing in the beginning to be like her, her character that she's talking to, uh, Courtney Taylor played by Grace. I think it might be like one of her friends or her sister or something like that. Or no, it was a friend. Um, and she was sorry there's somebody going by really slowly staring at me um <laughs> but yeah basically it would have been cool if they had a moment when they were talking on the phone to each other because throughout the film they were kind of talking to each other on the phone about the situation that she was in and like you know having the cousin and all that um it would have been cool if she was like oh yeah and i'm i'm bad around blood like i faint around blood just like interject that naturally that way like when she's doing it, it, you're not just like, why does she fucking do this every time? I get it, it's blood, but like, come on. Um, let me look at the rest of my notes here so I'm not missing anything. Um, yeah, there's a manicure scene in here, which you actually do see a little bit of in the trailer. Uh, one of the characters, like, her uh, finger's bleeding, and one of the characters, like, puts her finger in the mouth and, you know, sucks out the blood or whatever. Uh, that scene was very unsettling, not necessarily the part where she put the bloody finger in her mouth, but the part where you're just like hearing the little cracks and little scrapes of the manicure going on. And I'm just like, oh, oh, cause like, you know, it's coming. And I've seen plenty of scenes in horror movies where like people's nails get ripped off and shit. And I never like that. Any body horror is like peak horror for me, honestly. So Yeah. Uh, let me see here. I already talked about the twist that, uh, they honestly just completely spoiled in the trailers. Also slightly with the logo. The logo is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, on the, not on the nose. You know what I mean though? Like you look at a logo and you don't really necessarily know the whole movie from that alone. It's really the trailer that gives the most away. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a little disappointing that I pretty much kind of knew everything that was going to happen. 
mean, there were some slight surprises, but for the most part, when you see most of the trailer or most of the movie in the trailer, you can kind of piece together certain scenes as you're watching it and like, oh yeah, this comes after this and this comes after this. Even before I watched the film, there were certain things that happened in the trailer where I'm like, oh yeah, it seems like the trailer is just going straight from the beginning to the middle to the end. Uh, lights just turned off behind me. That was kind of creepy, but uh, yeah, uh, let me see what else I have here. Uh, I already talked about the possible setups for a sequel. Don't know for sure if this movie will actually get one. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to watching a sequel. Man, it really just got super dark without those lights. Um, but yeah, let me see here. Scenes I can, oh yeah, this is basically my closing, you know, statement about this movie. Is that there are a lot of scenes in here I can appreciate. Maybe not a lot, maybe a few. Uh, like I said, the last 15 to 10 minutes, all action and I think most of that works for me. Uh, the manicure scene I thought was really unsettling. That's honestly probably my favorite scene from the movie. Um, but in the end, like it, it's just not quite enough to make a good film is just having a few scenes where I'm like, oh yeah, man, that's, that's some good horror, some good body horror, just some good like character development. I don't know. We don't really get a whole lot of that in this movie, I feel like for the most part. And I don't know. It's a simple, like, I don't If it goes to streaming or something like that, I, I would say watch it on streaming, but don't waste your money renting it. Don't waste your money going to the theaters unless you really want to see it. I'm sure there's a certain audience that this movie has that would very much enjoy this movie, but maybe that audience just isn't me. Uh, so yeah, overall, I think I'm going to give this movie a... I'm going to do a 5 out of 10. There are elements I appreciate. I think the actors, for the most part, did a very good job. But, uh, yeah, in the end, just didn't quite do enough for me. So there's my review for The Invitation. Sorry, my phone seems like it's about to turn off here. Um, but, yeah, there's my review for The Invitation 2022. Have you seen it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you in the middle? I would love to know. Um, yeah, I I'm definitely more towards the middle. Also kind of not liking it very much. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Leave a comment. Tell me what you thought about the movie. Uh, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. Leave a like on the video. I'd very much appreciate it. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast, and I will see you in the next one. All right, so 2022's Breaking is directed by, and I'm definitely going to butcher this name, A.B. Damaris Corbin. Probably saying that wrong. Also written by her and Kwame Kwe Arma. Again, probably butchering the names there. I apologize. And uh, the synopsis here is a Marine war veteran faces mental and emotional challenges when he tries to reintegrate back into civilian life. That's only partially what this is about. I mean, I guess you could say that's kind of what it's about. But whenever anybody asks me what this movie is actually about, I always say it's a bank robbery film. But, you know, from the trailers alone, and from also watching the film, you can see that it's much more than that because this guy isn't your typical robber and he doesn't have it, your typical robber motives. Uh, the main character here, played by John Boyega, Brian Brown Easley, this is based on a true story. So if you don't know anything about it, I would suggest not looking into it and checking out this movie first and then kind of filling in the details with research. Um, that's what I'm going to do after recording this, look into it a little bit further, because I do like to know, I mean, this only happened in 2017, but I do like to know a little bit about that kind of history and 
in these types of events. Also, another movie, like if you have, if you watch this film and you really like it, or if you watch films similar to this and you really like them, and you have not seen this film, I highly suggest Richard Jewell. Um, throughout watching this film, I was like, this is giving me Richard Jewell vibes. I really like it. And um, in a way, it kind of made me want to watch Richard Jewell. But at the same time, I was really invested with the story that they had here where I was like, oh man, I just got to know what happens. Um, so yeah, John Boyega as Brian Brown Easley. We also have Nicole Berry, I believe is how you say her last name, as Estelle Valerie, uh, one of the managers at the Wells Fargo that was held up. We also have Salinas Leva as Rosa Diaz. Uh, we got Michael Kenneth Williams as Eli Bernard, the negotiator in this situation. Uh, we have Connie Britton as Lisa Larson, a reporter. And we got Olivia Washington as Cassandra Brown Eastley, the wife slash, um, you know, uh, uh, mother to the kid and the, and the main character here. And then the kid is played by London Covington, who plays Kaya Eastley. And then we also have Jeffrey Donovan as Major Riddick, who I really liked in uh, Burn Notice. But uh, yeah, really great cast here. A lot of really great acting for sure. Uh, John Boyega, this is like the best acting I've seen from him. Maybe, I, won't, I don't want to say ever because I feel like I've seen him act this good in other movies. But I cannot put my finger on which ones those are. All I can think about right now is Star Wars. So maybe this is the only other movie I've seen with him where he wasn't in Star Wars. I might have to watch some other John Boyega films, but uh, he was definitely channeling his inner Denzel in this movie for sure. Uh, Nicole Barry as uh, as Estelle Valerie, she was a very good character in here. Both of the the characters in here that are the hostages, uh, Estelle Valerie and Rosa Diaz, they pull off being terrified very well. But at the same time, Nicole Barry's character, she has a little bit more. I don't know. She has a little bit more locked down she can deal with these situations a little bit better than the other person and I don't know she was very capable in this situation just seeing immediately how she was getting people out of the bank um she she had it on lockdown she was she was a great character for sure Salinas Leva as Rosa Diaz she was just kind of there to be scared the whole time again true story so I don't know how much of this is like actually accurate to the events that happened but um yeah a lot of a lot of tense moments in here inside of that bank for sure uh th this movie really wastes no time getting into the action i wouldn't say action but the suspense um basically you get at most 10 minutes outside of that bank and the rest of the film is either you know with his his wife and his child or right outside the bank with the uh the, the authorities that are there um sometimes it's with these these reporters as well reporting the story and then pretty much other times you're either in flashbacks or inside that bank so a lot of the movie does take place inside of that bank and around it um you know you have uh eli bernard played by michael kenneth williams who is the negotiator in the situation trying to kind of talk him down kind of understand where he's coming from and why he's doing what he's doing. He is a very good negotiator, and this is the kind of thing that we need from police in general. Police in general need to know how to negotiate in these situations, diffuse situations instead of making them worse. I think uh, I think a lot of people could take a page out of, out of this guy's book, so uh, I don't know how accurate his portrayal here is to the actual person, but 
if the actual person was half the man this guy was in the movie, then uh, then I'm happy to know that he was there to help. But uh, yeah, some really great characters in here. Let me look at some of my notes. Uh, already not your average bank robbery. He asked them immediately to call the authorities. Um, he asked for the news to show up. Basically, the whole thing of this film is that he got screwed over by the DA, the uh, Department of Veteran Affairs. Did I say DA? I meant VA. Uh, so they owe him money. He doesn't want the money from the bank. He wants the money from them because they owe him. They screwed him over, and he is living on the streets because of it. And uh, that's basically the whole reason he holds up this bank is to get the attention of the authorities, the VA, uh, reporters, anybody he could to get this story out and let people know what the the VA is doing and let them know that it's not okay, showing that they really screwed him over and also probably helping other people that are being screwed over in the process, hopefully. Uh, this happened in 2017, so I don't know how much has improved since then. I would imagine probably not a lot because it's America. We don't improve a lot, a lot of the time. Um, I typically don't get political on my, you know, channel or anything like that, but I'm just seeing it how it is. There's a lot of shit in this country that's going downhill and, uh, you know, veterans are being screwed over constantly. I hear a lot about it. We see a lot of movies about it. Um, shit, there was one that I cannot remember the name of that was pretty much about this kind of situation. Well, not the whole bank robbery situation, but in terms of veterans being screwed over by their country. Um, and it's it's not getting better from, from what I hear, from what I see. And something like this, like a movie like this, I think should be seen as by as many eyes as possible to know the kind of things that are going on and the people that are being affected by it. And this is a very important movie to tell that kind of story. So I appreciate that they did this very well. They, they obviously with a true story, you never know how much is true or untrue, but I think they told the story they needed to and um, kind of let you, you know, make up your mind on how you felt about it by the end, which most people should come to the the conclusion that uh, that Brian Brown Eastley really wasn't the villain in this situation for the most part. But yeah, uh, I mean, you immediately sympathize with him and his situation. He has a daughter and a wife to care for. Um, you know, he's a really polite person. He's a really nice person. Um, there's even a scene in here where, and I think it's in the trailers, where he picks up the phone, talks to a, a Wells Fargo customer, and you know write write some stuff down on a sheet write some numbers down and he's like here give this to so-and-so when they come back and i'm just like that's not a normal bank robber unless you're like one of those cocky bank robbers like joker or something like that in a in a comic book then most actual robbers don't do that kind of stuff but he's not an actual robber he's not trying to steal he's trying to get what he is owed what he yeah what he needs and you sympathize for him in that in that sense. You're just like, yeah, this guy was screwed over. And I, in a way, kind of maybe not completely agree with what he's doing, but I completely understand why he's doing it. And um, I mean, if you guys like movies like this, uh, for those of you who have watched this, if you like this movie or if you just like movies that are similar to this, definitely check out Richard Jewell. Um, I was kind of thinking about that movie while watching this one. I was like, 
Yeah, that kind of reminds me of this one a little bit. Um, not in the sense that it's like the same story, but um, I don't know, just kind of a slightly, ever so slightly similar situation um, just involving somebody who really, I would say, isn't guilty of anything completely. Um, and and I, I'm not saying that him bringing a bomb into a bank makes him innocent or anything like that, but at the same time, I don't know. And there's certain things I don't want to spoil either, so don't look up the news story and, and search everything as you're watching it or before you watch it, because... I don't know. I think you'll still enjoy it, but not knowing about certain things going into it might make you enjoy it more, I guess. It, it, it's a heavy movie to watch for sure, because you know that either way, this probably won't turn out well for him. You know, whether he ends up getting, excuse me, ends up getting killed or locked up for the rest of his life, you know, it's not going to end well for him, but the things that he has to say are what what are going to stick with him, the people that he affected with, uh, you know, having this whole hostage situation. I cannot talk right now. And then, like, the people that he didn't even affect, the people that saw the news story, you know, maybe other veterans, people from the VA, really anybody can look at this story and find sympathy for this person and completely understand where he was coming from and why he was doing what he's doing. And I know I kind of repeated that more than once, but I just need to kind of kind of put that out there and be like, this guy, he, I don't know. I, I think I said what I need to say about it. Uh, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, uh, going to stop rambling. But uh, yeah, let me look at my notes here. Kind of see two sides of how people see him. Um, you know, you see the people on the outside that are pretty much just there to kill him. And then there's some people on the outside that are there to help. And, um, you know, it's kind of a rough line because you got these people that are trying to help and it's hard to hold back the people that just want to get in there and get the job done. And that's how a lot of people are in this film. A lot of the authorities at least. And that's kind of how a lot of authorities are, or at least how I see it today. And... I think the fact that uh, Eli Bernard, Michael Kenneth Williams' character, was so willing to help and so willing to get him out of there alive, that's the kind of thing we need. And, yeah, it's a heavy story for sure. Uh, did I ever talk about the VA handing the homeless pamphlet off? I don't know if I did or not. Uh, this is like the fourth time I've tried recording this because there's not a whole lot of room on my phone, but... uh. Yeah, basically, he was at the VA with this one lady, and he was saying how he needed his money and how he was going to be homeless without it. And you know what this bitch does? And I'm not saying she's a bitch because she's a woman. But you know what this bitch does? She hands him a pamphlet basically saying, like, oh, how to be homeless. And I'm just, that, audibly in the movie, I was just like, fuck you. Like, I was so fucking pissed to see that shit. If I were in that situation, ooh, I would lose it. And she was even telling him, like, don't raise your voice. And he really wasn't. His voice was very low. And I'm just, oh, shit makes me mad. Um, so, yeah, I love seeing people screw over, screw over other people. I like to put myself in that situation and kind of feel how that character's feeling in the moment. Because I'm just as mad as him, honestly. Uh, maybe not just as mad, but I'm 
this movie made, made me mad towards the Department of Veteran Affairs and how they deal with their veterans and how this country deals with their veterans, how the country deals with people who fight for them and the fact that they don't really even seem to give a shit about them at the end of the day. All they see is fucking dollar signs and they don't like losing money. So, <laughs> I mean, nobody likes losing money. But, uh, yep, that's just how America is nowadays. So that's freaking wonderful. I mean, I haven't seen this personally firsthand, but I've seen corporations take advantage of workers. I've seen, I've seen, you know, bosses take, take advantage of, I've seen people in general take advantage of other people in my own life. And that makes me feel sick. It makes me feel angry. And for that reason, I can completely understand and sympathize from where this character was coming from, where he was at in his life. And just, again, I'm going to say it again, why he did what he did. Because at the end of the day, he is the protagonist of the film. And at the end of the day, he was the protagonist in that situation he was in as well, in real life. Because something's got to freaking change. Something's got to fucking change, alright? Um, let me see here. Shows that it's not just him affected by the VA's bullshit. You know, you see a whole line of veterans in the VA, and most of those people are probably going to go home freaking depressed because they don't have enough money to survive. And the people that work there really just don't seem to give a shit. I don't know how anybody could have that job and day after day see people that are depressed and angry and just mentally just, just had to go through some horrible shit. Just to come back and, and not get any get anything for it, really. In fact, come back even worse than they were before. Like, you, you have these people that are, like, getting blown up and coming back home. And they're having absolutely fucking nothing. And that, that's not fucking right. At all. And I, I mean, I'm stating the obvious here. But this, this shit, this movie made me just see a lot of things and maybe not a different light, but made me open my eyes more to certain things that are going on in this country. And you know, this takes place since 2017, but these things are still happening and possibly even getting worse. So the fact that this country is moving backwards, it's frustrating to see, you know, hardworking Americans get just shit on by, by their own country. So, I'm going to stop rambling. Uh, this this got very political. I hope I don't piss anybody off. But at the same time, pretty much everything I said, not even pretty much, everything I said is actually how I feel. And maybe I wasn't able to articulate how I felt necessarily, but hopefully you guys got something out of my review. <laughs> this is definitely not as much about the movie as it is just about the the situation of, you know, veterans and what they have to deal with in this country because it's not good and people should open their eyes to it and try to help out as much as they can as well. Um, just try to try to do your best and try to help out people who need it as much as you can. Even, even the little stuff helps because obviously our own country can't care for their own people. So I guess that, I guess we as people just kind of have to come together and, and help other people out. And, He's a good example of that. Brian Brown Easley, he's a good example of that. Because at the end of the day, he was apologetic to his hostages. He was 
for the most part, very polite to his hostages. He was trying to help them out, make sure they're okay. And that's not your normal criminal. That's not a criminal at all, I would say. This this is a man who had to had to fight for his country and come back to nothing. And this is him trying to do something about it, so... Yeah, um, I think I already said this, but if you're a fan of this movie or movies like it, definitely check out Richard Jewell. That is a great film. I believe it's directed by Clint Eastwood. Has a really great cast in there. Sam Rockwell, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. We got John Hamm in there as well, as, as well as a few other people that I can't remember at the moment. But that's a great film as well if you're into these types of movies. I definitely like learning about this type of stuff, even though it's tragic and it's hard to watch sometimes. These are real stories, and I, I like to hear real stories. And, you know, it's kind of, in a way, kind of harder to criticize true stories as well. But, yeah, there you go. Also, I will say, you know, this isn't just an all-out drama. There are some slight, ever-so-slight moments of levity where I actually kind of laughed. Like a moment where uh, where uh, Brian Brown Easley, he is on the phone with a Wells Fargo customer, and the customer's like, oh, there was a mistake made on my W-2 He's writing stuff down. He hands it over to uh, to Rosa Diaz, the the character, and um, he's like, "Here, here, this is for so and so when they get back." I'm just like, "That's not your typical bank robber. That's like, <laughs> that's a nice dude. He's doing work for you." <laughs> but um, you know, there are a little bit of funny moments in here. There's a lot of heart to this movie. There's a lot of moments in here that really just made me want to cry. That were gut wrenching. So this movie put me through the ringer for sure. I'm going to give this film a 8.5 out of 10. Not my favorite of the types of films that's ever been made. It's hard to kind of compare them to other ones because they're different stories and they're real stories as well. But um, I still had a really great time watching this and learning about this, this person and hearing his story because these types of stories are the reason why they make movies, honestly, or should make movies at least, so... There you go. There's my very long and very rambleful review of uh, Breaking from 2022 starring John Boyega. Have you seen it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in the middle? I definitely very much like this film. I don't know for sure if it's going to end up on my top 10 favorite of the, excuse me, this year. Because in terms of rewatching films, I don't know how likely I am of rewatching this one. And a lot of times on my top 10 best of the year, those are films that I have already rewatched multiple times or I'm planning to rewatch. And this one in particular, I don't know for sure if I am. Um, you know, part of me is kind of like, eh, I would probably go watch Richard Jewell before watching this one, but still great story, great characters, great acting, great film overall. I would highly recommend it. And it's uh, only in theaters right now. It came out last week. I was a little bit late to getting to this one, but uh should be in theaters right now. I recommend you guys go check it out. 8.5 out of 10. Pretty, pretty freaking high score. Probably the highest score I've given something in at least a month. So there you go. Uh, yeah, leave a like on the video. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. And once again, I hope I, I didn't piss anybody off with this video. But uh, if I did, so be it. I will see you in the next one. Thank you all so much for listening. Like I said, I will be back in about a day. I, I think the episode should come out tomorrow where I review the Spider-Man No Way Home More Fun Edition with extra scenes. 
uh, like I said, getting a theatrical re-release there. So definitely excited to talk about that. And then I will also be doing my non-spoiler slash spoiler review for episode three of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So yeah, that's in the next episode coming out literally tomorrow as of, you know, if you're hearing this on the fourth, I believe is when I should be posting this. Uh, so yeah, literally, if you're listening to this the day it came out, then next episode next episode should be out tomorrow. Uh, and then for anybody listening in the future, hey, might already be out. So go look and see. But uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram page will take you to a page full of links where you can find links to where to listen on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. There's links to my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, should be links to my website and my Tee Public store as well. I have a few designs available there. There's sales going on all the time. So if you want to pick any of my merchandise items up, I would very much appreciate it. Supports me and it supports the podcast. But uh, yeah, like I said before, thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.